Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I am Illegal86 and I'm joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber. Hello, everybody. And Tactic One. No, the handsome Tactic One? Come on now. Uh, I didn't need to tell the people that you're handsome because they can hear it in your voice. I figured it just kind of went without saying. Oh, uh, so now, and so now, I just insulted Nerd Bomber. Boy, this is. I'd prefer not to be called there. handsome. You've an ugly I think voice. I'm good. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I call I called you lovely though, and people should be able to hear that from your voice too. What's what's even the odds? You guys insult me somehow, and then we'll be good to go. I don't have any good insults lined up. You tell terrible dad jokes. Okay, very good. And we're on. So uh, we're back after a brief hiatus, and this is a very exciting week for us. It's E3 week. We're currently in the midst of E3, which, for those of you who don't know, stands for... Oh, boy. I should have known this before starting this sentence. I think it's Electronics Entertainment Expo. I believe it is, yeah. Uh, So three E's, or E3. And uh, basically, anything you want to know about video games, the current state of the art... Uh, hot AAA titles that are dropping, indie titles that are dropping soon. Uh, it's the place to go, and there's videos galore. So we're going to talk a lot about that. But first, why don't we kick things off the usual way with our What Are You Up To Wednesday? All right, I will go first. Um, so let's see. I finally invested in MoviePass. I know you've been talking about MoviePass for a very long time. so I finally... Oh, your life just changed for the better. It really did. I jumped on board. I went and saw Solo, which was a really... I thought it was really entertaining. Um, I'm pretty kind of sequeled out for everything, pretty much. Whether it's TV, books, movies, games, I'm sequeled out. Um, but it was kind of nice because it felt almost like you could kind of forget that you were in a Star Wars movie with getting all the good things of Star Wars, but getting to start fresh, not having to worry about lore. It was kind of light, entertaining. We saw it on a Tuesday, so it wasn't even like I needed to really hunker down. I was tired from work, and it was just, it was nice. So, Club was going up on a Tuesday. But but there there was a... Well, we can't talk about spoilers. There was one, like, spoiler-ish part that, like, was, like, very Star Wars-y. Do you know the part that I'm referring Are to? Are you referring to the very end? The very end. Right. Um... But yeah, I, it was a fun movie. I, went, I, I was I, disappointed by that. The ending? Yes. I feel like it's very hard to talk about, though, without giving away spoilers. Let's just leave it at Tactic was disappointed. Disappointed. Right? People should know what that means. If you don't know what that means, then why are you even listening to us? You should be able to interpret that into a set of events at the end of the movie. But I, I thought that there, I thought the action sequences were very good. Oh, yeah. Like the, all the set pieces were the train scene, the freaking oh my gosh, the speeder chase at the very beginning. It was all great, but then when they when they had to like talk, that was where it hit some some of the stumbling blocks that I encountered with the movie were when they were in rooms talking about stuff. I don't know. I liked Woody Harrelson. I thought he was pretty he, good. Oh yeah, he was good. I thought the romantic subplot was stale and a half. Yeah, that was a little weak at best. Um, Amelia Clark, like. Oh man, I would yeah, hold I her hand. I would hold her hand, but like, she there was very little dragons. chemistry. She, she It's not that she should stick to dragons. I don't know whose fault it was. I don't want to blame any one member of the cast. I think the writing was also a little bit rough in some of the quieter parts of the movie. Because um, like, I was worried about the main guy, Alden, last name I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty good. Like, he, he 
he didn't detract from the experience, which is all you can really ask of him. It's a really hard part to have to play. It's a huge mantle to have to shoulder, but I think he did a pretty good job. The biggest difference between her in this film versus her in Game of Thrones is um, lack of side boob, I'd have to say. Because we all know Game of Thrones has thrown that all over the place. No, well, Game I of mean, Thrones has thrown full boob, too. I yeah. mean, But she does have some pretty decent acting chops. I mean, she was in... Me Before You was a kind of questionable well, movie. But, like... Her acting was pretty solid in That's that. That's not what I'm saying. I thought her acting was fine in this. Right, but I, I mean, thought... she has the potential to be a good actor yeah. without showing side boob. That's what I'm saying is the difference is that's the only difference. Her acting, I thought, was fine in this. Ah. Where the stale counterparts was the... Uh, who's the actor that played Han Solo? Alden... It's like Alden Ehrenreich or something. He, he doesn't really express emotion in his face when he talks. And and it, and, it, and it doesn't really amplify the mood in the room at all. It's just kind of no, like his voice gets higher, but his face stays the same. Well, no, yeah, he's, but he, he was really good at doing like the cocky face and like basically all the comedy type facial expressions. But when it got really serious, I felt like that was the only time when his face didn't really accurately depict it. Yeah, yeah, I agree he doesn't. He doesn't have much like gravitas. Mm-hmm. That's the word I would exactly. use. Like, like he. There were there were parts when I was like, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. Like like it's hard because I I imagine if I were to play Han Solo, if I were to try to play Han Solo, first of all, it would go very poorly. Uh, don't get any ideas out there, movie execs. But I would probably just wind up accidentally doing an impression of Hans or of Harrison Ford the right. whole time, which it's got to be really hard to not just slip into that, and no one wants to see that. I don't want to see that. I guess. I thought overall, like I don't know, I thought it was entertaining for what it was. I, I it liked it. I mean, Rogue it, One. I also thought it was better than Rogue One, and that's a point of contention. A lot of people seem to love Rogue One. I thought this was better, and I thought, I think, present tense, it's getting done dirty at the box office. Like, I think it's one of Star Wars' worst openings, like, ever, and I don't think it's deserving of that. I think it's a better movie than that. I feel like a lot of people just kind of panned the movie because they thought it was, like, a fan service type movie, and it wasn't heavy enough, and I don't know. I feel like, like you said, it people aren't doing it justice at the movie theater they're going in with the mindset that it's a uh an opportunity for disney to milk the franchise which chances are it is i mean but... they really have if you look at the last few years disney has released a star wars movie what every year for the past few years and before that yeah. i think there was a pretty sizable gap between each installment but but i think they did do, give it the due diligence it deserves to overall make it perform better than some and on par with others it, it wasn't terrible it's it's exactly what you said it's not getting the justice it deserves i i think that it's i think the execution was good i do worry though based on like to go with what you said like star wars is something we're used to getting once every couple of years if that you know once mm-hmm. every few years even and if they start upping the production to like marvel levels I worry about the sanctity of the franchise. Well, um, I feel like that's kind of between Star Wars and Marvel. Disney is kind of killing me right now. I mean, even with their animated movies. Like, I'm really excited, don't get me wrong, about The Incredibles 2. But every movie I feel like I've seen in the last year or two have have been like some kind of sequel or offshoot of the same universe. And I'm just well, like dying yeah. for a good, fresh movie. Which I think... Like, A Quiet Place, when I went to see that, 
I that really stuck out to me, and I think because it was just a brand new world. And we're going to talk about, I'm sure it'll come up when we talk about E3, how many titles there are based on non-original IP, because it's like at least 80%. Yep. Like it's a huge, huge number. So it's a problem across all media. I saw Hereditary yesterday, and I, I crapped my pants. So it was I actually just, scary. It was actually scary. And it was scary in a way that, like, I want to emphasize, it's not... There's like one or two jump scares in the movie, but it is a movie that is completely not about jump scares. It's more about just making you feel uncomfortable the whole time. Not not like a high-strung tension, like a quiet place, but like you're just unsettled from the word go. And there are parts that are also just like, I don't want to say gory, but like they're very, um, shoot, what is the word? They're, they're scary in a very... Uh, Twisted. very visceral way visceral is the way I was, I was looking for so like you're seeing terrifying stuff on screen but there are other times when they find ways in the way the story is is plotted out and certain ways they do certain shots and the soundtrack like it just it creates this like overwhelming sense of dread where it's still scary and you're still you're waiting for a shoe to drop a lot of the time but then when the shoe finally drops and the third act kicks in it just gets crazy and i i i shit my pants have you seen pet cemetery I have not, and I haven't read the book either. That's the one about the cats coming to life. We talked about Pet Cemetery on yeah. a past podcast. Whenever I hear about scary things like that, I always refer back to that movie. It's, it's a classic psychological thriller where not a lot of jump scares, but it's just out there disturbing things that it, that it, that it walks you through, and it, whew, yeah. it scares yeah. me in ways that I, that I can't even imagine. It sounds similar to this experience in that they're not like, you know, there's not like a guy with a knife running around. There's not, you know, ghosts necessarily. It's more just chilling. Oh, man, I wish I could describe it better. All right. It's just, it's really scary. I have a question. Yeah. When I watched the trailer, the trailer made it seem really, really hokey. Like, I'm sorry, what was it? Like, there was a kid bashing his head into a desk randomly, like the girl just randomly going like clicking her tongue and like the it clicking just, the tongue thing, if you don't like that, it's in like it just it just seems a recurring motif in the, most of the movie. It seems And you very find out why at the end. Cheesy. And like there were a lot of things that were just it seemed cheesy. So was it as cheesy as the trailer? Did you even think the trailer was cheesy? I didn't think the trailer was that cheesy. It's I, I, I wouldn't use the words cheesy or hokey to describe it. I mean, you know, are there elements of, like, demonic possession involved? Yeah. So, like, if that's what you mean by hokey, then, yeah, maybe this movie's not for you. It's It's a paranormal thriller in the sense of you don't really see many ghosts, but you also are spending a lot of time wondering what certain people's motivations are, if they're really who they say they are and what outside potentially cosmic forces may be controlling them. And they also got the creepiest little girl in the world ranked to play someone in the movie. She's the creepiest. I feel bad saying it, but she is, she has the creepiest face ever. Ever. Yeah. You're well. Okay. So she kind of reminds me of, you know, those like old black and white photos of kids during the great depression and they just look really like kind of bloated cause they're hungry. 
and yeah. sad and like depressed and dark. That's what her face reminds me of. She, I'm sure she hit a certain age and her parent, this was her first movie. I looked it up yesterday after the movie. Her parents, she hit a certain age and they were like, she is made to be in horror films. You know, she's every girl. She's every girl that just woke up in the morning and hasn't put on makeup or anything. Well, so that's you, a, so you leave her alone. I mean, yeah, I feel bad. I don't want to pile on, but I will say that for me, a distinct element of the movie, and like she plays a pivotal role, and it sells really well because she just has this look about her of like, what is going on, <laughs> you know, so. Hereditary, great movie. Movie Pass, great service. Welcome. Um, it's probably only going to be solvent for another few months. I don't know how they're making money. I really don't. So I actually, I did read about this because right before I signed up, I saw a thing that they were like going to go under probably within the next year. And I was like, well, might as well jump on board and take advantage of it now. Um, and I guess one of the main things they're going to do to make money is... I think they've already started buying some movie studios or like acting as a distributor for different movies. Um, and then they're also, when you open the app and there's those like first three or four movies that pop up at the top of your screen, people like movie studios have paid for that to be there, which there's a lot of money in that. There's money in that. And like, I, I do, I don't want to make it sound like I don't understand the premise. Like the idea is, uh, if they allow you to be part of the, if you're in this service, they can track your movie watching habits and they can sell it to companies as marketing data, basically. Yep. So they, they, you know, that that's the general idea. But like, I've seen them change certain aspects of their business model. I've been in it for less than a year now. I joined last August. And they make so many changes and reach out to me in a way of like, like two weeks ago, I got an email from them that said like, hey, do you want to refinance your student loans? Because, like, we're going to, like, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, they're at a point where I think they're trying a lot of things to just get some kind of cash flow. Because I don't think they, I think they underestimated how much people would use the service. Because it's supposed to be this thing, right, where it's like a gym membership, where Mm -hmm. gyms make money by people buying the membership and then not going. Whereas if you buy a membership and you go, you make the the money back very quickly. MoviePass for me is an absolute steal because I go to at least like three movies a month and it's five bucks a month or whatever, 10 bucks a month. So like if I, if I go to one movie, it pays for itself. So I'm, I'm bleeding them dry. I can't, I can't imagine why they couldn't work strong arm movie uh, theaters to help not charge them for the movie. And here's why, because it gives, brings people in and has them buy the a thousand percent marked up soda and popcorn and as movie pass gets more popular eventually movie pass can pretty much say you know what your movie theater company you don't want to be involved with me we're not going to list you as our in our app so they could start well, to strong arm those theaters i think theaters are so i know one theater chain specifically i think it might be the biggest one in america amc mm-hmm. um they have a specific beef with movie pass I think based in part on how MoviePass pays them back for the tickets, but also because AMC was planning its own subscription-based service, and then MoviePass kind of scooped them, so I think they're kind of mad. Like, I think AMC wants to be able to have its own subscription service that it can control, and it can say, okay, we'll, we'll give you a subscription service of, like, you know, 10 bucks a month, 
and you can go to unlimited movies, but you only come to AMC theaters. I think I think there are probably a number of theater chains who want it to be on a chain by chain basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like I know, for me, there's only one theater in my area that takes movie pass. Sorry, there's really? two, but yeah, there's there's so there's not many movie theaters near me. That's part of it. But one of them is an AMC. They don't do it. Um, the one I go to has e-ticketing, which like, did you do the credit card and everything? Is that how you did it? Yeah, or did we you have do to do e-ticket? the credit card. So the credit card's like fine. I've used that in a couple of other places. I used it back home and I used it actually when I was in Denver, I went to see a movie once, but like, and that works fine. It's great. But e-ticketing, it just, it feels like you're robbing the theater. It's ridiculous. You, you go in the app, you say, I want to see a movie at this time. You click a button and it says, okay, here's your confirmation code. And then you go to the theater. I, don't, I never even talk to anybody now when I go to the movie theater. It's great. I go up to a kiosk. I hit a button. Actually, I just scan a QR code. And it is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Movie Pass, man. I love it so much. But yeah, I'm really skeptical about how much longer it'll be able to go. Hopefully a while. Cause I'm Ride sold. the gravy train while you can. Because the other thing is, uh, last year, I think around like November, December... The other thing they started doing, which again was kind of like a transparent, like, we need money. Oh my God, help us. They offered a certain subset of their customers, not me, otherwise I would have done it. But they offered a certain subset of their customers, basically like an annual, like, if you pay us for a year up front, we'll give you a reduced rate. I think they still have that, because I know when I signed up, that was one of the plan options that you could do. Yeah, so they only, if you're already signed up, if you already signed up, they, they realize they kind of have you where they want you. So, like, if I cancel, I can't re-up again for another three Oh, really? And while I'm part of the plan, yeah, it's weird. And then while I'm part of the current plan I'm on, I can't switch to a different plan. Um, unless they, like, let me if I'm, like, part of some beta test or something. Um, yeah, I don't really know. There's a lot of weird things about the company. The app has also been through, like, countless revisions. So it's fun to see that happen. Um, yeah, I know and, they, they did change the plan because I know they took away the unlimited plan and then people freaked out, so then they brought it back almost like instantly. Yeah, it's it's been quite the quite the road for them in terms of development. Um, I, the other thing about it too is, is if you didn't already know this, you can in the app you can link up your rewards membership. Like if you went to like a Regal or something and mm-hmm. you have a Regal Crown Club card, you can link it up there and like. I linked up my rewards account for this theater because I, I only go to one theater around here. So I keep going to movies. I keep racking up points. And like, Tactic, you mentioned concessions. But like, if I go to like, I don't know, six movies or something, it, I've built up enough points where I can get a free like popcorn or whatever. So like for me, that's more than enough. And it is awesome. Holy cow. Yeah, life hacking. Movies. What about you, Tactic? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been doing Wednesday? So, I movie passed, saw Solo, that's already been addressed. We have been setting up for the summer mainly. It hasn't been crazy, but that's pretty much it. I'm kind of boring, so I'm just going to transfer on to you, Illegal, in the uh, essence of time. Wow, okay. Uh, that was that was disheartening, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. Uh, so... Summer is coming here, or it's here already. I don't really know. Um, I sat through a tornado warning two days ago. Uh, I live in the Midwest, 
and apparently tornadoes happen here sometimes. That's pretty crazy. And yeah, I don't I don't care for it. I will say like I also have and so the, the tornado warning, they send a message to your phone, like the National Weather Service, like the emergency broadcast. And I freak out immediately because I'm who I am. And I look at her and I'm like, we should go get in the tub because that's what they tell you to do. I don't know why, but that's what they that's... Did it work? Uh, she was like, no. She was like, <laughs> what? She was like, why? It's fine. It's no big deal. And I was like, we should really get in the tub. Eventually, I convinced her not to get in the tub, but to sit we went into like her bathroom because it's like the only room in her condo with no windows Mm -hmm. and we went in there and chilled out for like 10 minutes and by then it was over and there was no tornado there actually was a tornado but it touched down like 10 miles away from us and there was very minimal damage so i felt kind of ripped off at the same time tornadoes are weird like you're like oh god what's gonna happen if it comes like am i gonna be like helen hunt and twister like hanging on to a pipe and like cows are flying away and stuff but then when it doesn't come you're like upset so that was like an exciting thing that happened to me recently. Also, I'm playing Prey, Ooh. Uh, which we'll talk. I think I plan on mentioning that E3, they, they dropped a DLC for that. Uh, Bethesda did. I am very, I'm probably only like 10 to 20% through the game. It's a huge game. So I actually didn't watch the DLC trailer uh, because I was afraid of spoilers. But I'm playing through it right now and I'm really enjoying it. So... Very cool. I I suppose we'll we'll allow that to be our lazy transition into E3. the main topic. E three extravaganza. Well, that would be E four. What? We're, we're, today we're going to be oh, talking about E four. E four. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it took me way we, too long to get that. I was just like, what? I think we should license that. E4. Like four. E4, because at some point, some company bigger than us is going to want that for, like, their E3 talk show. And then we can make a bunch of money by just selling it to them. E3, man. E3 is crazy. It's still ongoing. Isn't it going through tomorrow? Yeah, so it's, like, a week-long thing. Um, Most of the major conferences, though, so there's, like, um, each developer or console company or PC gaming has their own conference where they basically go out on stage and they parade all of the latest trailers and gameplay videos and game announcements and all this cool stuff. Um, in the case of some of the shows, they bring out weird musical performances. Oh, I want to touch on that. Um, and they basically just <laughs> unveil everything and they like drop so much information that if you're a gaming nerd like all of us, you're just in shock and awe, sometimes disappointment, depending on what you're expecting. It's a good time. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, we'll, we'll have enough to talk about for the remainder of this episode, I expect. Um, I don't even know where to start, other than by to say, I have not watched nearly half of all of the material that E3 puts out. I mean... Do you guys want to each just kind of go through some of the highlights and like things that we're most excited for? Is that would that be a reasonable way to do this? I sure. think that'd be a good way to do it. I'd like to yeah, open we... up with the musical acts, though, for sure. Please, please do. So you're so... most excited about the musical acts, or the most disappointed about the musical acts? So, uh, um, <laughs> well, let's talk about that. They uh, they like to hype. We'll call it up the crowd prior to unveiling a trailer or a gameplay or, or whatever by having some 
very random musical act that would play the genre, I guess, of music relative to the game style. And um, my favorite example was, uh, what was it, Ghost? Takazumi Ghost? Or, or... Oh, yeah, I don't remember. I think it's called like Ghost of Takazumi or something. I know what one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this really awkward guy with a full kimono and a straw hat came out and started reefing on the the bamboo uh, pipe. It was basically a recorder. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it, I don't know if reefing is the right yeah, Reefing is, right. is the right. He was. <laughs> he was reefing. Um, he might have been. He might have been Dragonborn. What he was blowing in there. Hashtag Skyrim reference. Um, <laughs> That's a long hashtag. But um, the point is, it was it was done in in typical. We'll call it San Diego style, whereas this very obscure, quote, hipster artist playing for the crowd. And I had the same look on my face every single time. I would stare at Nerd Bomber and say, what is going on right now? So what was, would, I, would I know any of the, any of the musical? I have no connection to this aspect of e3 at all would i okay. know any of would do like imagine dragons play or something no I, don't know. I mean these were not like usually big name acts i know uh bethesda brought out andrew wk i think it was uh because they did the theme song for rage rage 2 um i know just dance had a bunch of colorful people because you know in the game um there's all those like silhouetted people who are all super colorful when you're dancing along um so there was like a panda in a band suit and he was like the band leader to a bunch of colorful people that just danced to music for about probably like five minutes. That was kind of interesting. Wow. Conference goers had to love that. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other ones were. The, there was definitely one Nintendo, I think, brought there out somebody. There was the banjo before... Uh... Banjo-Kazooie? No, before... <gasps> The zombie game, the sequel to the zombie game. What is it? I'm drawing a blank. Oh game. yeah, The Last of Us. The Last two. of Us oh, Two. There right. was there was a banjo. He just kind of hung out and played his banjo. No lyrics or anything. Just did his thing. Oh yeah, and the wanna... Donkey Kong and the Rabbids game. I don't I don't really play those games, so I don't really remember what it was called. But they had like a whole band came come out while they played the trailer, and it was just interesting. I just want to see the trailers. I don't need to be hyped. The game is hyping itself. Yeah, I've just been going through and watching trailers, and I'll admit that I've been going through and I pre-screen the trailers. Like, I read the little blurb, and I'm like, is this going to interest me at all? Now, and if the answer is no, then I don't watch it. That said, I did, however, appreciate one sidebar thing that occurred, very much so. Um, the ongoing joke is that, ele- uh, that Skyrim is on every platform, and so... Um, they had announced as a spoof that Skyrim is now being released on Alexa as the that, yeah, very that was special really funny. edition. And there's a, if you haven't seen it already, YouTube Alexa uh, Skyrim very special edition, and it is a fantastic skit. But the best part is that if you actually look at the Alexa skills that are now available to download, it is actually a legitimate Alexa skill. Wait, it's there now? Oh, yeah. It's on there. 
Wow. I thought it was totally made up. Because, like, I, I didn't know. I hadn't heard anything beforehand. I watched the video on Keith Michael Key. And, yeah, it's hilarious. But at the time, I was like, wait, is this is this real or is it not? And then by the end, I was like, okay, it's got to be fake. Like, it's definitely a spoof version. It's literally called Skyrim Extra Special Edition. Very special. Or very special edition. But, like, it's still on there. And I think that's funny. Good carries yeah. of the joke. It was, I've never played Skyrim, and I still thought that whole video was funny. So, A-plus Bethesda. All right. But what, yeah, what, let's talk about the games. I know you've been, Tectic, you've been talking about Anthem since before we even started this podcast. Yeah, I've had to change yeah. a couple of shorts. I'm, I'm still very excited about Anthem, and uh, the gameplay trailer is, is still not disappointing. I just yeah, want I, it in my hands, though. <laughs> I did watch the gameplay trailer. It's it looks like it's Destiny, but you're all Iron Man. Yes, and, that is my and here's the thing. of the game. I, if those of you who don't know, who know me, I love Iron Man. I go to work Damn. every day with an Iron Man lanyard. They, my coworkers call me Iron Man. I have a mug that says Stark Industries on it. I love Iron Man. So now you're going to give me that aspect in a game? And yes, I know there was an Iron Man video game, but come on, guys, we all know that game goes kind of not great. Um, <laughs> but this puts all the best aspects of Iron Man lumped into was playing with your friends, lumped into a huge open world. I mean, I I cannot wait to have this game in my hands. I it's my one knock. I, I agree. The gameplay trailer was awesome. I watched it. I was like, oh my god, the scope of it is insane. I my here's my one knock. I watched the story trailer and the gameplay trailer no idea what the game is about who even are you what are you where are you nothing is made clear at all i mean that's not the only game though that was like that have i mean most of the sony conference people kind of panned because it, it just jumped into trailers and you didn't really know what was going on until probably like either you recognize the game or halfway through they would flash the name of the game um and one of those that was like exactly like that was death stranding and it has. I, I stopped watching. I stopped watching that. It's I so started. confusing. So like Norman Reedus is in it. Obviously, I got that point. There's a lot of star power, but like half of that trailer, he's just was, carrying. He shit. was carrying stuff. And then there's uh, yeah, the creepy I, I, baby I watched thing. him carry those those big boxes across the bridge and all that. I was like, what is this? this? Is like UPS simulator? Like what is happening? Why is there this creepy baby in your stomach? Like, now with VR. And yeah, like, I like, like it. It was just bizarre. And, like, it looked interesting, but I have no idea what it is. I have... Visually amazing, too. Yeah. Like, it, it looks exactly like Norman Reedus. There's other actresses whose names I should know, but I don't. Like, there are real people in there, and the visuals are astounding, but I have no idea what it's about. No idea. And, like, part of it, I think it's a Kojima game, and I don't know. I feel like without Namco kind of reeling in the reins, I feel like they're letting him go crazy. He, he did the Metal Gear Solid games. Um, so he's kind of known for having, like, out there stories sometimes. So I'm interested to see what it is. I'm really confused. It looks great, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah, there seemed to be a, a high stress on, let's throw some really nice visuals at them, but give them no context. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't great. Whereas, like, there were some... 
there were some trailers that it's amazing the range like some of the trailers were so good i was like wow this is amazing some of them were so vague i was like why did you even make this and then there were some like did you guys see the trailer it's it's all it's all sequels it's all franchise content there's very little original ip but did you see the trailer for control i did and actually that looks good that looks good to me to me um i don't know did you play quantum break i think you said you played quantum break I played like half of it. It was clear to me that it was, I mean, it's the same dev, right? And it's yes. like clearly very visually inspired, similar sort of thing. Not as much time. It's not, you're not messing with time as much as you're messing with physics is right. what the general idea of it seems to be. But it looks awesome. So I was one of those people when Quantum Break came out, I think a lot of people didn't like the game. They like criticized Microsoft. They were like, oh, this is your chance to get like your big new IP and you messed it up because this game sucks. But I actually had a lot of fun with the game. I thought it was like a pretty decent story. It was really interesting, really captivating. The game mechanics were pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not like hardcore. So for me, I thought it fit the story pretty well and it was just entertaining gameplay. Um, And as soon as I saw that trailer, and I think Tactica was getting kind of upset because we were watching these conferences go live for a lot of them. Some of them, obviously, the ones during the workday we didn't watch. but, like, as soon as the, the game would come up, I'd be like, oh, this is this game, this is that game. And as soon as we saw, like, maybe five seconds of the, the clip, I was like, this seems a lot like Quantum, Quantum Break. Quantum Break 2? And yeah. I'm excited to see, because I know they can't do anything with Quantum Break because Microsoft owns the IP. And I was actually kind of disappointed that they didn't work with Microsoft to do a follow-up. But it seems like this is going to be, like, in the same vein. And I'm pretty sure even the main character, the girl they showed... Pretty sure that actress was also in Quantum Break. So I'm intrigued. So my inner nerd is going to call this a prequel just so that I'm satisfied uh, with regards to that looking so similar and feeling quote-unquote similar. And here's why my inner nerd is going to call that a prequel. Because the physics aspect is three-dimensional and time is the fourth dimension. <laughs> I see stuff. what you've done there. Oh, look at you. I am excited for that. But, like, yeah, I'm going through... I made a little list of, like, all the videos that I watched and, like, kind of running down little bullet points on each of them. And looking down... I wrote stuff about Anthem. Um, did you see the trailer for Starfield? I did. I caught most of it. It was what was interesting was how they opened up for Starfield. This is the first original game in twenty five years. <laughs> I, I, it also was there more than the trailer. The trailer I saw was like they, you showed nothing. I didn't know what it was. It just showed the logo basically. No, that when I that saw, was it. When I saw the oh, we're talking about Starfield. What's the other one? Um, there was an Ubisoft game, Starlink. Sorry, Starfield and Starlink thinking two different things yeah starfield they didn't show anything for it was just like this game is gonna happen eventually sometime and i was like all right yeah why thanks. why even show like, it yeah and that's what i mean like that was weird um uh crackdown 3 i watched that trailer broke my heart because i don't have an xbox anymore but it was hilarious and that game i think is actually finally gonna happen I think Pretty. they said they're saying 2019. Can we right? talk about yeah. games finally happening? 
Okay. Uh, oh, can I guess what you're about to bring up? I don't want to wax poetic. I know exactly where you're going with this. Oh, Every Kingdom time Hearts. we bring up this game, I feel like I talk about it for 10 minutes. But Kingdom Hearts 3 finally, finally, finally has a hardened release date. And as soon as, like, I woke up to that news. They announced it before they had their, I think it first appeared at the Xbox panel. But I think it leaked. I don't remember. I remember just waking up and seeing that it had a release date finally. And I What's was it, just, like 2022? No, it's this coming January. Boom. Good heavens. It'll get pushed back. I really hope not. I mean, the stuff that they were showing, they showed us a new Frozen world. They showed us some of the Pirates of the Caribbean world. I mean, they showed us a little bit more of Tangled. It just, it looks like they're getting close. And it's making me really happy. I saw that there was a Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. And I was like, I don't need to watch that because I know Nerdbomber's going to talk about it a lot. It's got so I didn't such, watch it. it looks amazing. It really does. All the different worlds, all the different Keyblades you can get. It. They did a good job. Way to wait. Like, what did honestly, you guys... I honestly think that I know you just have a PS4 now, and I think you really should just pick up the collection. The story is super convoluted. Don't go in there for the story. Just go in there to have some good old-fashioned Disney fun, and you will really enjoy yourself. You heard it you, you here when, first, folks. Good old-fashioned Disney fun. I mean, when you tell me go into a game not for the story, you're just telling me to not go into a game. All right, so... <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before, but the story was really easy to understand in Kingdom Hearts 1. Still pretty okay to understand in Kingdom Hearts 2. And then between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, there have been so many different DS games that the story is just all over the place. And the PS4 collection is like, you do get the entire thing, so you can follow it. But for me, I'm going into Kingdom Hearts 3. I probably will not have time to play through all of the DS games that came out. So I've got gaps. I don't even care. I'd like to hope they'll do a good job of stringing it all together. I hope so. I, I suppose we'll see. Uh, what else do I have on my... Spider-Man. My... Spider-Man. So that was good. Like, I, 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 that, that one, I wrote three things. Uh, take my money was the first thing I wrote because they can have it. They can have all of it. It's not very much, but they can have it. Uh, looks as fun as I expect it to be. And wow, look at all the villains. They put like, did you watch this clip? Yeah. For first time yeah. Yet? So I, I actually have an issue with that clip. So they showed a lot of gameplay. They showed that little movie thing, but we all kind of knew about that from the from months and months ago. The, the what they showed us then. What I wanted to see was something new. And they brought you up to it's you or, or whatever the verb yeah, is that, 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 oh, yeah. that, that Spider-Man used. And I, and I wish at that point they had showed us. And then at that moment they show the person and then they pan over the crowd for reaction. That's my normal E3 experience. And this was like, what are you doing? Don't hold out on me. I know who it is. Do you want me to tell you who it is? Yes, who is it? Miles Morales. Uncle Ben. <laughs> is that, is that a it's joke? not Uncle Ben. I don't want to spread that rumor. Gone too soon. I thought it was either Miles Morales or uh, Gwen Stacy. So that uh, it gives you like an opportunity to play as other versions of Spider-Man. Well, no, isn't the implication I thought from the trailer was all of those bad guys were all hired by one guy, 
And the guy you were supposed to be seeing at the end was that one guy. No, because didn't it stop him from getting killed? N- no. No, he was just like looking up and he was like, it's you. And there was a bright light. And then it was over. I don't know. I, I have no theories besides the joking Uncle Ben theory about who it could be. Um, what's clear is that I'm going to play the game and I'm going to play it hard. All right. All right. I was. Did you guys get a chance to see the Beyond Good and Evil two trailer by any chance? I did not. I thought that looked really good. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that game for a long time. Um, I own Beyond Good and Evil HD. I still haven't played it. That's probably bad because it's like a classic at this point. But Beyond Good and Evil two looked really amazing. Like it definitely looks like it'll be funny, entertaining, a lot of action good graphics and it's supposed to be a prequel so technically i don't have to play the first one before i get to play that one what i've never even heard of this game really so so sorry to all the beyond good and evil fans that's like a cult classic game i I would go as far as to say it's not even a cult classic it's just a classic game oh is this the one with the pig that you brought up yes it is yeah you brought you brought this up a while back i will i think the last time we did an e3 show they like gave us a teaser that this was coming, but they didn't really give us a whole lot of information. So I know we've talked about it before. It's sad that I only remember the pig being involved. Wow, this game came out in 2003. Yeah, it's a it's an oldie. Good heavens. Um, interesting. No, I did not see the trailer for it. I'll also then segue into... This is a very choppy segue, but Fallout... 76. Did you guys see anything about that? I know Tectic did because we watched this like with apt attention 100%. We we're like glued to the screen when they were showing us information on this. So, my here's the thing if I saw a sequel, if I saw, like Beyond Good and Evil 2 is a perfect example. If I saw a sequel for a franchise that I have never played a single game in, I just checked out. And Fallout was, I know Fallout was like the big one of the big deals. So I'll let you guys talk about it for a while, is, is what I'm trying to say. So Fallout 76, first of all, I do think you should go back and play like Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. You can get them pretty cheap now. It's a great game. I really do think that you would enjoy it. I'm not an RPG guy. That's my problem. But there's more elements of shooting, and they've really like dumbed down the RPG elements. Like There's still progression, but they've really... It's not as fine-tuned. Like They're broad-stroke RPG progressions. Is there any point where you have to, like, eat stuff? Because that's, that's typically where you lose me. Well, I mean, you do have to regain your health if you go into a battle, then yeah, you do. But, I mean, that's in a lot of games. You know what they have for that? You know, you know what the Cory version of, like, the RPG safe version of that is? Is, like, med kits. Give me, like, give me a... That's exactly a, what it is. That's exactly what it is. No, but are, I'm saying, like, are you, like, eat, are you, do you have, like, chips in your inventory? Do you got chickens in there? Is that part of it? You have some rad roaches. Yeah, see, like, the, 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 you can <laughs> eat that stuff, but there's also just med kits. You but then can you're totally, gonna have to eat rad away. Well, you can totally ignore that side of it if you really just want to focus strictly on med kits. You can totally do that. If anyone's trying to, if I'm, cause I'm also a searcher. Now we're getting in. You guys should talk about Fallout for a bit, because I, I don't want to pick it apart before so, you've even talked about it. I'm gonna make my one comment, and that's based exclusively on the. Uh, trailer the the trailer and the trailer alone 
And what I saw at E3, unrelated to what I've researched on the side, and that is people are jerks. So having this big open world initially scared me because they said... Well, we didn't explain this, so hold on. Let's back up. You're ahead of yourself. They said that it's an open world game and everyone playing the game is going to be on the same server as you. There's no server rooms. It's just everyone will be there. They did not say that. Let me finish. There's private servers. They said it was going to be like 12 to 15 people per server. It's not going to be like crazy. And they could either be your friends or your enemies. So based on the randomness of being paired with people, ignoring the private servers side of it based on if you just went on and played and didn't set up anything based on the randomness of getting matched with people you're kind of rolling the dice on your experience and again i stress people can be jerks and they're going to be a lot better than you (laughs) yeah i've seen a lot of divisive responses i i again i haven't watched the trailer i don't know anything about it but i've seen people saying this is great and people saying this is awful and it's just like Being so far removed from it, I have no idea what to think. It definitely, the game does lend itself very well to an online experience, I do think. Um, It's a huge world. Most of these Fallout games are based on massive worlds. There's a lot to explore. You've got, like, base building and crafting if you want to get into that aspect of the game. Like, you can really get, like, full arcs of survival if you want. You can get, like, totally all shooter if you want. You can just do, like, side missions and quests. And it does lend itself very well to teaming up with other people to take on crazy big monsters. I know when I was playing Fallout 4, there were a few times when I really wished that I had more skilled companions than just my AI, because I would watch my AI like die like instantly, and it would be a pain in the ass then to try to take on the monster I was fighting by myself. Um, so I mean, there's some merits to it, but like you said... There's also a lot of opportunity for people to just, like, grief you, spawn into the game just to mess up everybody else's experience. But you'll get that anywhere. You'll get that yeah. in Call of Duty when you have that guy spinning in circles in the middle of the map. Like, I hate that guy. <laughs> that guy sucks. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, man, it's like, I'm just thinking of all the games. Like, you just mentioned kind of, like, online co-op experiences. And we're seeing a lot of the Battle Royale games pop up. But I feel like we're also seeing quite a few co-op-centric games popping up. Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed that you related it to ARK with regards to the online play and building. And and again, going back to my concerns and grievances with respect to this game is I will spend hours and hours and hours and hours building a village and then I will go to bed happy about my village, and I will wake up because someone else just destroyed it in, a, in an hour's time. It'll be me. I'll do that. Just, what's the point? Those kind of things just make it so disheartening and make me want to just exclusively stay on private servers. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But if if, if I could play on private servers with just my friends and hopefully I have good friends and not jerks, Um, then I'm totally pumped for Fallout 76. The public realm, eh, not so much. Um, I want to talk... I don't want to take up too much time, but Last of Us Part 2. I almost cried. 
Life and the Kiss. We lost you a little this bit. This game is... I, I, I didn't almost cry because of the kiss. The kiss was emotional, yes. Uh, Last of Us 2 has always been about character building. And it's going to do another, a great job again, I'm sure. I just... I've waited so long for this game. Last of Us 1 is like my favorite game ever. And that gameplay video could not have been better, in my opinion. Oh my goodness, yes. It was seem, It was like... I'm going to quote what they said on E3. The playthrough scene was literally like it was choreographed. It looked fake. It, like, like I, A lot of people that I saw talking about it were questioning... Well, that's not real gameplay because it's too smooth. It's too seamless. Well, I feel like there's, it has to be, right? Because there's what certain aspects of it that, that I'm off? sure are. Yeah, there, there's certain aspects that I'm sure are manufactured. But I also think that there are a lot of people who, in making those claims, are selling Naughty Dog short. I have high hopes. Based like this trailer did nothing to dispel my my hopes for the game. I think it's going to be a fantastic. There's still no release date yet which made me cry tears of sadness instead of tears of joy. Um, but the visuals are very improved. Um, the fight mechanics look updated and better, and take my money. Take I'm gonna, it now. I'm going to go ahead and imagine that that playthrough scene was done about 7,600 times until they got it perfect. That's what I'm going to go I, ahead and convince myself of. I always wonder how they do the, the gameplay scenes, because you can tell sometimes when you watch them that there's certain situations, especially in like stealth style games, they're manufacturing certain situations for you to be in to show how certain things work. Um, it's gotta be an interesting art form that I know nothing about. I but, wonder if they hire professional gamers for those to learn the game and then play through it. I mean, I have to imagine, I know each developer has play testers, you know, like, I know every game, they have to have people playtest the game before they even put out into, like, alpha or beta. And the developers themselves have to be pretty decent, you would think, at their own game. Yeah, I I always like to think it's the developers themselves, but it's probably developing, developers, playtesters that are actually doing it. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, to me, that Last of Us 2 was the highlight low light was probably destiny 2's dlc that game has totally lost me um if you watch that trailer it was supposed to make me feel something as a fan of the game but i felt nothing um because they try to make us sad about certain characters being taken away but we have to like the characters first and they attach us to the characters literally zero i could go on and uh that franchise and frankly, just I mean, with, with all the crap they've put their fans through, with um, the way they took the Destiny One, which was fantastic, and just mucked it up so horribly for Destiny Two, and now they refuse to fix it. Um, well, that's the thing, though. Destiny One wasn't even that great when it first came out. People had a lot of complaints about it, but and it, it was better. It was better. Like they they they, they took Destiny it. One. My. The, my initial comment when I went from playing the beta to playing Destiny 1 is this is exactly the same. They, I, I don't think their development team is very open to like, because you're right, I, I think Destiny 1 came out and people were like, okay, we were expecting different things, but there are still aspects of this that definitely work. And 
they told uh is it Bungie? They told Bungie they were like, Okay, these things that you did are great. Fix these other things and we'll be in business. And then Bungie was like, We're gonna not do that. We're gonna break the working things, give you marginally more story, but really not that much more story at all, and then you're all gonna hate us. Oh, and also microtransactions. And then Destiny Two came out and it was a it was a disaster. It still is a disaster. Their servers are super underpopulated. Most people have already gone back to Destiny One or just forsaken the franchise entirely. And they deserve everything they're getting for it. It's just it's so sad because I mean Halo is such a great franchise. I mean it still is. They announced Halo Infinite and I mean everyone is super hyped about it. But like what happened? They I'm, I'm telling you what it is, is fans, because there's a, there's the Destiny community, I've been on the subreddits, I know someone, you got, we all know someone who's like really involved in the Destiny community and everything, mm-hmm. and does a bunch of stuff, and it's crazy, you go on there and you see people giving what I think is pretty constructive feedback to the devs, and the devs being like, we're working on it, and you realize pretty quickly that they're not working on it. They are working on ways to make the devs more money by introducing microtransactions, uh, slowing progressions. Like it's just it's 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 wild. They're they're also this the trailer was for a DLC, which that's their other way of making money is by eking out content over multiple DLCs that you have to then pay for. When the result is a base game that's incomplete by design. And I mean, I think that's um, one of the, the major issues with DLC in general, at least season passes. And yeah. that's why it was such a big deal when so many games, I think the Division 2, they said that all of their first year DLC content was going to be completely free. And everyone in that E3 audience freaked out because, I mean, you look at the state of gaming now and you literally cannot basically get a full game. I mean, yeah. I, I play, I got really into Call of Duty World War II the last few months and I realized that my base game, I had like four or five maps that I could play, and I had to shell out another forty dollars to play the game that I enjoyed just to keep up with everybody else, which kind of sucked. I think that's why, especially these days, more than any other days, like Destiny One, well, and both Destinies were like a very rare exception for me in terms of okay, I'm going to get online and I'm actually going to do online multiplayer. I typically don't do that anymore. I usually just do story games because I, I do like one player story mode in games because there's only so much that DLC can affect you there. Um, I, especially duty, like a lot of the DLC that comes out will give you bells and whistles for the story mode if you want them, but mm-hmm. they won't. This the, the original they like the base game won't ever take story mode away from you. Right. Um, and that's. I don't know. It was just disheartening to watch that Destiny 2 trailer uh, as someone who used to be a huge fan of that game. and I've gone through what seems like the whole arc with it of loving it to hating it to having now basically put it away forever in probably a year. So while we're on the DLC train, I know you did want to talk about the Prey DLC, so I figure we'll give you the last few minutes to talk about that. I, yeah, so again, I didn't... I'm so scared of the spoilers, man. Uh, so I didn't watch the DLC. Actually, you told me a little bit about it. You told me pretty much everything I know about mm-hmm. it, which is that they've introduced a prop mode, and they're also going to be 
basically augmenting the story, which to me sounds great. Um, and creating a story mode that has a lot of replay value, which is pretty sweet. Um, I have no experience with prop modes. I read a synopsis online of what they are, and I was still a little confused. <laughs> so um, I don't really know how to feel about it, but yeah, take it away. I'm not a big fan of prop hunts. I know a lot of people are, though. Um, I, I don't know if I'm just... That's what it's called. I'm, I don't know if it's just like not my mindset for it. But basically, like, you have either one person hunting a bunch of people who are disguised as literally props, like, things, like, a table in the game. and they have, I wasn't sure. That's what it means? That is what it means. And then nice. the person who's hunting these props has to try to distinguish what is out of place to try to find people and then destroy them. And so, like, if you're the person hunting, it's really frustrating because... I'm usually, I can't pick it out. I don't know if I'm just, like, really dense, but I run by things, and I'm like, well, that looks normal, and it's really a person hiding. Or if I am a prop hiding somewhere on a map, I get found, like, instantly. So I don't get the game, but a lot of people really like it, so. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, before I shell out money for that, I'll have to continue my playthrough of Prey and reach a point where I decide to buy that again or not. Because, again, we just talked about DLC is kind of challenging, right? Especially given that there's so many games, great games that I haven't played, that I could get full games for less Mm -hmm. than what the DLC probably would wind up costing. So it's just a tricky thing. But do, do you guys have any... I know we're probably running out of time, but any games that you wanted to mention that we didn't have time to mention? rapid fire style. How about you, Tactic? Anything come to mind? The two that I were most pas- that I was most passionate about was um, Spider-Man and Oh god, how can I be passionate about it? I forget the anthem. name. An anthem. anthem. <laughs> yeah, I got you. An anthem. Um I'm glad we touched on the Norman Reedus game because wow, that was strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I mean, let the games begin. Let's let's start getting these in our hands. I want. I just. I. I exactly what you said. Uh, illegal. Take my money. That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, it's 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 an exciting time to be a gamer as always. Any any that uh, you wanted to mention, or bummer. Um, I think we covered a lot of the ones that I was super excited about. Um, one of the only new IPs that they showed in most of the conferences was Skull and Bones, and that actually looked kind of fun to me. Um. That's the new Ubisoft game about pirates, and you're basically, you take control of a pirate ship, and it's, again, like an online world. Um, you're, I think you can play with a lot of other people. The seas are surrounded by other pirates, and you can board ships. There's ship-to-ship battles. It's super realistic looking. It looks like something straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's just something new and fresh. And I know... Um, Rare sea just, of Thieves. Yeah, Sea of Thieves just came out, but that's a little bit more cartoony. And, when and I, it's having issues from what I hear. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think, longevity issues there. Um, I played the beta for Sea of Thieves. I didn't buy the game, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I think the game is one of those ones where you have to make your own fun. You're not given a task. You just sail the seas, and you have fun. But for me, I'm just like, what am I doing? I need a mission. 
So it sounds like Skull and Bones will give me exactly that. Um, okay, so I had a few more on my list, just really quick. Uh, Sinking City, did you guys see Sinking City? No, what was that for? It's an old-timey detective game where you're trying to solve a mystery. It looks kind of like Bioshocky, though. Like, people have magical powers, and it's, like, hmm. very old-timey. Kind of confusing trailer. lasted a minute. I was left kind of going WTF. But anyways, that one looked interesting. Uh, the Walking Dead, not the Telltale one, the other one. Um, Overkill, I think, is the developer. Yep. Uh, looked pretty serious. Well, Wolfenstein. Um, I did not see watch any of the wolfenstein stuff again because that felt to me like a franchise that i was just too far removed from at this point but i know they had a lot there so for those of you who don't know uh there's a new wolfenstein go- game coming out where here's the interesting part it's it's with his two daughters and because it's centered around his two daughters not only do you play through the, uh, the opportunity to play through the story as one of his daughters but it also presents the opportunity to play through with a friend uh, they added a nice co-op feature to the game, which that I am excited to kill Nazis and really say, and I, I'm merely quoting the E3 conference, fuck Nazis. That is a message that we are going to want to send throughout the ages. So Damn straight. Here you go, Wolfenstein. Um, the last one that I can think of, Doom Eternal, which oh, is just yeah. Doom. It, the trailer was just like, hey, remember Doom? Here's more Doom. <laughs> Like, it was literally just, okay, badass, really loud guitar, him stepping on skulls, and, like, probably get ready to, like, shoot some guys. And that's it. And I was like, fair enough. Sounds good. Doom was hella fun, so. Yeah. That's that's an example of, I don't think they need to change much in the formula on that one. It's just, give us more. Yep. There is one more game that I'm not excited for. It just looked odd and kind of a seemed out of place uh trover saves the universe it's from the creators who made rick and morty did you happen to see that one i did not rick and morty scares me yeah that's where i'm at like if i just listened to them i think i would enjoy them but the show itself is for me i find it odd and and don't get me wrong there's a lot of people that that do enjoy it and it is it does have its moments but i for this game, it they literally took Rick and Morty, for those of you who are familiar with them, and just gave them new bodies, and you're playing through the story as that. And I can't really get behind that. It's It doesn't seem that original. It just seemed more like a money grab to segue off of the Rick and Morty hype that is going on currently. Well, people are going to buy it, play that. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to touch on it. So, does that bring us to a to a stopping point here? I think so. I think we've expressed everything we can express on E3. We, ha- we have traversed the E3 universe. This has been E4, the E3 extravaganza, brought to you by the Online Warriors and Coca-Cola. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Uh, we wish. Uh, so, yeah, until, until next time. Um, yeah, I think that I wraps will... up our... What, this has to be like our fourth year of covering e3 via podcast next year is the big five yep what's the, what's the fifth anniversary is that the wood anniversary mm, i have no idea uh i'll i'll ask the research department to look into that for next time All sounds right. like a plan 
Thanks for listening, y'all. We will see you folks next time.